On this week's episode of Cultivating Her Space, more can be accomplished in relationships and business partnerships if you value the person across from you and you are offering them things that you know that will bring value to them instead of it being so one-sided. It's like, no, this will be more convenient for me. It's like, no, what will be convenient for the partnership moving forward and what will bring so much value to the person on the other end that they just can't refuse to offer? Just make it that good. Today's episode is sure to provide you with motivation, inspiration, or a fresh perspective. If you have any aha moments or appreciate anything from this episode, please leave us a review to let us know we're on the right track. Also, we release episodes every Friday, so be sure to subscribe on iTunes and visit cultivatingherspace.com to access our exclusive after show and other bonus content from the Patreon tab. Welcome to Cultivating Her Space, a podcast dedicated to uplifting women like you. We're your hosts, Dr. Dominique Broussard, a college professor and psychologist, and Terry Lomax, a techie and motivational speaker. In a world where Black women are often misrepresented and misunderstood, please join us as we initiate authentic conversations on everything from fibroids to fake friends and create a safe space where Black women can just be. Hey, lady, it's Dr. Dom here from the Cultivating Her Space podcast. Are you currently a resident of the state of California? and contemplating starting your therapy journey? Well, if so, please reach out to me at drdominiquebroussard.com. That's D-R-D-O-M-I-N-I-Q-U-E-B-R-O-U-S-S-A-R-D.com to schedule a free 15-minute consultation. I look forward to hearing from you. Lady, we have such a special guest on the podcast today. So I'm going to do my best to read this bio and not be too excited and stumble over my words. Let's just go ahead and get started. Okay, y'all. Felicia Sweat, native of Nashville, Tennessee, is a wife, mom, and also a thriving entrepreneur and profitable investor. Felicia excelled in corporate for years as a top business operations leader in the technology industry taking multiple million-dollar companies to new heights. Felicia independently established her own business operations consulting service, Empowered Projects and People, in early 2020 and transitioned from corporate in 2021. Also in 2021, she joined forces with her longtime friend and now husband, Tay Sweat, with plans to build a multi-billion-dollar empire. That was billion with a B, y'all, okay? and to mentor and coach aspiring investors who are thriving and striving to create generational wealth. Their VIP trading program, Secure the Bag, along with other tiers of educational programs, have touched over 10,000 people and created numerous five- to seven-figure earners. Alicia is devoted to growing a functional and sustainable family empire and hopes to inspire more people, especially women, to work hard and go after what they want in life. All right. Come on. You're here. Thank you. Welcome. Oh my gosh. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you ladies for having me. Like I'm so honored to be here. I I really admire everything that you all are doing. 
as far as, you know, elevation and just pushing like such a positive narrative. And let me give you all your flowers because if anybody is is listening or watching, it is not hard to host a podcast from vetting the people you want to be on there to figuring out what conversations you want to have to doing the research to actually doing the podcast, editing and pushing it out. Y'all, this is not easy. So y'all deserve your flowers, Terry, Dr. Dom. Thank you so much for positioning yourself to do this. Like, I appreciate you and I hope other people do as well. But thank you for having me on. I'm honored. (laughs) Thank you. We received those flowers and we are looking forward to being in conversation with you today. And so we will start with our quote of the day. Now, these words will sound really familiar to you because these are your words. If you want your partner to make a move on something, position them to feel like they are missing an opportunity, not taking a risk. And I'm going to say that one more time for the people in the back to make sure you caught that. If you want your partner to make a move on something, position them to feel like they are missing an opportunity, not taking a risk. Oh, that's a word right there, Felicia. When you hear that, and I know it's part of a bigger quote, tell us more, give us more context behind this quote. Oh my gosh. Wow. That, that threw me off. I love that. I'm like, Ooh, this quote is real good. Who is this? No, no, but I, I think so many people experience this in relationships and business partnerships and work environment, but especially relationships. Like, you know, when have we not been in situations and relationships where we've come to a point where we feel like we had to make decisions or maybe compromise on things or take risk for people, whether it's going into the relationship, whether it's moving locations for somebody, whether it's trying to figure out like, you know, if I'm becoming a mom, like, do I continue to work the same? Do I let you take the reins? And I think a lot of times, you know, we are asked or we ask people to do things And we don't necessarily think about like how it's going to be received. It's like, are you positioning the offer to that person in a way that also brings value to them and positions them to where they feel so comfortable with what you're presenting that for them, it seems like, dang, if I don't take this, it's going to be a missed opportunity versus being like, I don't know, this seems risky. And I think more can be accomplished in relationships and business partnerships If you value the person across from you and you are offering them things that you know that will bring value to them instead of it being so one-sided, it's like, no, this will be more convenient for me. It's like, no, what, what will be convenient for the partnership moving forward and what will bring so much value to the person on the other end that they just can't refuse the offer? Like, just make it that good. And I feel like, child, there will be more successful relationships. And, you know, we'll dive into how Tay and I created our partnership, but that's literally how I got to move forward with him because maybe he he presented a great offer. He got it. Okay. He understood the assignment. 
Okay, okay. We understand. So beautiful. Thank you so much for sharing that. Are we calling you Queen Fee, Fee, Felicia? What should we call you? What do y'all want to? Honestly, okay. everybody calls me Fee. Y'all Fee feels natural. The queen in front of me. Yeah, Fee. Okay. Fee. Like, that's, Fee that's like good. my homegirls. There we go. Y'all this is like, a homegirl like conversation. Family. Y'all feel like my yes. homegirls. Yes. So, yes. 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 Okay, Fee, I was going to say, we're going to dive more into that quote in just a bit. But let's start from the beginning and talk about your origin story. How did you become the Felicia Sweat that we see today? Oh, my gosh. Okay, so... <laughs> well, first and foremost, I was born and raised in Nashville, Tennessee, so I am true Southern bred. <laughs> Let me just say that. You know, I was born a single mom, only child, humble beginnings. My mom was very strict, though, so I was raised in a household where, you know, she accepted nothing but, like, straight A's. I was very involved growing up you know, in all the organizations. And essentially, you know, it was more or less like, listen, you're going to stay out the stay out the street, stay off the pole, and you're going to do the right thing. And so, honestly, I just, you know, kind of did everything by the books, like very involved, networked a lot, a lot, just did all the things, you know, went to college, finished college, decided to go on to graduate school, and honestly, I was, I felt on top of the world. I felt like I did everything right. So by the time I graduated grad school, I was like, all right, well, God, give me that, you know, six figures. I don't care, you know. <laughs> and, you know, life just don't happen that way. <laughs> life does not happen that way. And honestly, during the time I graduated with my master's, the economy was going through its kind of like second crash at the time, right? So you had the the crash of 2008. And after we came out of that, we went into another crash that was right around 2011. And so there were no jobs. There were no jobs. And I feel like anybody who was graduating around that time kind of like felt that in the economy. There were not jobs. People were lost. People were clueless. People were going back to school just to figure it out, taking out more loans. It was a rude awakening for a lot of people, including me. And so that was kind of my beginning of understanding that life be life. And adulting is trash. Who like nobody told me about this. And so, and so honestly, that's when I had to like really figure it out. So I, I came out of school with this master's. I actually had to go work at a preschool, ironically. And in hindsight, it was a it was a beautiful experience. I love working with kids and I think it taught me a lot of lessons, even raising my own son. But I mean, just imagine you come out of school with your master's degree and you're like, Working in like a daycare, essentially, right? Yes. And so, yeah, I, I, I kind of went through a depression during that period. It was about a, a year of me kind of like losing myself and trying to figure life out and and figure out my purpose again. And after some time, I had to come off of this pedestal of like entitlement. And feeling like the world owed me something just because I did everything right. That's just not how life works. And I just woke up one day and I kind of like jacked myself up and was like, girl, get your shit together. Just just get it together and whatever you want, just go after it. And I just had this awakening and I literally 
kind of like got myself together. I did everything that I could to research how to position myself to be a better candidate, you know, in the job market. I literally started kind of expanding even my interests, you know, because I was so honed on doing one thing, but I was like, well, let me really like expand what I want to do. Like, what's the demand out here? Not just what I want to do, like, the demand. Yeah, right? So I had to completely rewire my thinking. And I want to say when I got it, literally the next month, I got an offer and that was my introduction into the startup world. I went into my first startup company and from there I got introduced to the startup tech space. So I got into insure tech and literally years later, I was like at the top of my industry as a business operations project manager. So of course, eventually I established my own business and that's kind of how I partnership with my husband to start running operations for his um, entire business. So yeah, that's the journey. Hey lady, it's Terry here. Dom and I want to take a moment to thank you for choosing to listen to our podcast. We love you for real. And we want to give you a chance to learn more about what's important to us. So tell us what you think about this. Imagine a world where you have a chance to get featured on the Cultivating Her Space podcast and share your business brand, or perspective with millions around the globe. Imagine joining our monthly virtual video check-ins where you can connect with like-minded Black women like you and share your ideas and episode suggestions with Terry and I. Now I want you to imagine a world where you're in the exclusive Cultivating Her Space Sanctuary Slack channel and throughout your day and week, You are conversing with us about what's happening in your life and sharing funny gifts and your personal wins. How does that sound? Hopefully this is up your alley, lady, because we are taking things to the next level this year and we're doubling down on investing in our community. That means you. Yay! We want to meet you, connect with you, and create communities of genuine women who love on Black women and push our culture and movement forward. We launched this podcast in 2019, and to date, we have not missed a week. We've been great stewards of our platform, all while working full-time and navigating our own ups and downs. We release fresh new content every single Friday, like clockwork, and we have hundreds of valuable episodes and workshops that can really help you up-level your life. So if you love our mission or you've gotten value from us, we invite you to give back and help us push this community effort forward. Visit herspacepodcast.com and click Patreon. You can learn more about our goals and exclusive offerings on Patreon. And we highly, highly encourage you to join the Sister Frontier so that you can get some one-on-one time with us. We also have an option for you to donate on a one-time basis if that meets your needs. Again, herspacepodcast.com and you can click that link that says Patreon. All right, lady. We'll hop right back into the conversation. Wow. Wow. Okay. So, you know, we have questions that we come up with in our research before the interview, but then as we are in conversation and you just shared your incredible journey, other questions are coming up, right? So one of one of the questions that came up for me as I was listening to you is you hit a phase where you were going through like a depression. 
And how did you recognize, like, what were the things that were happening for you that let you know that you were in a depression? Because I think oftentimes, particularly for Black women, we get into phases of we just have to do, keep going and exist. And we can be depressed and not realize it until we've been in it for months or some folks even years. So can you tell us how did you know you were depressed? You know what? My my thoughts and my actions kind of became unrecognizable. And like this is this is a joke for me to this day. But no, on some serious stuff, like when I came out, I literally was like, listen, y'all told me to stay out the streets and stay out. The poll, but during this time, like the poll was looking real appetizing. The strippers were winning. The strippers' bills was getting paid. So, I mean, that that was like something funny to me, but I legit was kind of like looking at almost doing stuff that it's not something I'm interested in, but I literally was like, what else am I going to do? But also, you know, that led into relationships and just bad relationship decisions and kind of settling for things that I was like, why am I, you know, taking this? Why am I allowing like mental abuse and, you know, other things to to go on? And I just felt like I I recognized that I was unrecognizable. I was like, this is just not me. This is not how I think. This is not how I move. This is not what I accept as my value. And I mean, it, it took a while for me to kind of get there. I'm a very self-aware person. So it didn't get too bad where I was like drinking or anything like that. But I'm just such a such an outgoing person for the most part, very active, up and go. And I kind of started seeing myself like retreat a little bit from the person who I really was. And I just had an awakening one day where I was like, no, this is this is not you. And this is not what you want to be doing. And let's just stop making excuses for it. Thank you so much for the transparency too, Fee, because that's, that's so real. Sometimes you're looking like, hmm, maybe I should go and try this thing, right? But I like the fact that you pointed out, like you are so self-aware yeah. that you're like, wait, I'm not myself right now. Something isn't adding up and all you see these different patterns in your life. And so one of the things we found in our research is that you emphasize the importance of investing in self-work to become fit in various areas of life. How has this philosophy played a role in your personal and professional development? Oh my gosh. So, (laughs) you know, clearly my social media handle is fit for the good life. And I really put that together because I do truly believe that you have to be fit in all areas and have all areas balanced in order to like reach your highest potential. Now, funny enough, I will say this is something that is not hard. Excuse me, something that's not easy to do. (laughs) Because I'm telling you, like, I say it out loud, but... Listen, being fit in all areas is not easy. I'm telling you, and, and we're talking about the whole spectrum of, of mentally, intellectually, sexually, right? Physically, like all of, all of these things can easily be off balance. And I say it out loud to try to hold myself accountable and to try to keep that self-awareness of it. 
But I, I really do lean into that. I say it out loud to hold myself accountable. I lean into that because, again, like I have goals I want to reach. We have goals we want to reach as an empire. And literally, if if I am not fit, meaning like in a in a state of like readiness, in a in a state where I'm reaching my highest potential in certain areas, like I can easily throw myself off balance. I can easily, you know, create like a, a gap and and miss the the next benchmark or milestone to get to the goal. And so, no, I'm not saying it's easy for me to work out a certain amount of times a week, but I'm gonna try my hardest. And, and, you know, I'm not saying that it's easy to always stay mentally stable with having kids, but me and my husband are going to try to be each other's peace enough to where, like, we're not adding stress and tension in a relationship, you know, and then also have to manage, you know, a, a young child who just isn't really aware that he's stressing us out. <laughs> you know, but then also, Sexually, if, if, you know, we want to make sure to, you know, satisfy each other and keep building this empire, like, I need to be in a state of sexual health. But at the same time, my mental health got to be there, but it's too health to be there. Darn it. So I'm, I'm just saying, like, I, I want people to be aware that, you know, fit in all areas, like, it does need to be a balance. But you also have to be aware when something is off balance and how to correct that, like, it's not always perfect, even for me. But I try to be self-aware that my husband's very in tune with me as well. And so if we need to tweak our diet, if we need to, you know, kick up exercise, if we need to take it down a notch, if he needs to just give me my space and give me a spa day, you know, if if I feel like I'm trying to do something as far as like progress the business in a certain area and I don't know enough about something, intellectually, I need to go get my ass in some classes or read some books in order to like elevate to that next height. So that's kind of how I move. Again, it is not easy, but I feel like if you can find that balance and be self enough to know like when there is an imbalance and try to tweak it, I'm telling you like you can elevate to to limitless possibilities. All right. I Listen, you are dropping gems and I love that you talked about how things need to be in balance and that balance is not everything is equal. Right. And so when you think about how being like mentally fit, physically fit, sexually fit, how does financial fitness and spiritual fitness and business fitness tie into these things? No, I, I think literally they are priorities as well. Like, I'm so glad you mentioned that. They are, they are definitely in that same spectrum of, of being fit. Because I'm telling you, I mean, think, of, think about marriages. When you think about like divorces, a lot of times it's usually financial if it's not infidelity. And honestly, even with those, like I tell people, like, let's try to control the controllables too. That's like a big quote that Tay and I use because at the end of the, the day, this goes back to that big lesson that I had in life. Life is going to always happen. We cannot control like the circumstances that the, the world is going to bring, the economy is going to bring, 
you know, how people treat us, how people like us or don't like us. Like we cannot control that. All we can control is our actions. And I'm telling you, like, even with being financially fit, I want to make sure that we are doing everything as a couple, as a family unit to make sure we are maintaining the sustainability of this empire financially. So whatever we need to do to make sure we are continuing to gain knowledge on, you know, whether it's bringing in income, whether it's saving, whether it's investing, whether it's figuring out like tax strategies, I always want to gain knowledge. Like it's it's not enough knowledge out there, right? Spiritually, that's important as well, because that means that our energy is going to be in balance. That means that we're all in sync. You know, and so, child, sometimes when we deal with the world, we need to make sure that our our spirit and our energy is level. Because I feel like, tell you something, out of out of all the things on the spectrum, it might be like the the spiritual that gets tested the most. <laughs> yes, girl, the energy and mm-hmm. Dang. So yes, I think I constantly have to get that back in balance, spiritually for sure. That would that would probably be my top. Hey girl, hey. We hope you're enjoying this conversation as much as we are, but let's be real. It costs money to podcast and we got bills to pay. So enjoy this commercial break as you process what we've been talking about. And remember, when you support our sponsors, you're also supporting us. Lady What's the one thing most history books all over the world have in common? You already know that they're seriously lacking in the melanin department. Well, Wondery's new podcast, Black History for Real, is about to flip the script on all of that. Hosts Francesca Ramsey and Conscious Lee will be chronicling Black trials and triumphs you've never heard about, even though we've been doing the damn thing since forever. Together, they'll weave Black history's most overlooked figures back into the rightful place in American culture and all over the world. Learn more about the most overlooked Black history makers and events you already know about, not just during Black History Month. They even spill the occasional historical tea. And child, we know that historical tea is often the hottest and usually pours the best. All facts, no cap. Follow Black History for Real on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. Listen everywhere on February 5th, and you can listen to future episodes early and ad-free on Wondery Plus. Join Wondery Plus on the Wondery app or on Apple Podcasts. All right, let's get back to the show. That's good. Fee, this is, this is so good. I love that you're talking about like supporting and, and creating space for your whole self and not just one aspect of yourself. Like it's so important to really be balanced in all areas. So Fee, we are just getting started with this conversation. We're enjoying it so much, but we want to shift up the energy a little bit, okay? So because we recognize and appreciate and celebrate the multifaceted woman, and we believe that it's okay to be bougie, classy, and ratchet, we believe that you can still be elegant and dance to strip club music, right? So we want to invite you to the OU Blatchet segment. Do you take on the challenge? Yeah, you know, I'm so this the ratchet myself. Oh, there we go. Okay. I love it. You in the right space then, girl, because now that you've agreed, we're going to tell you what to expect. So we have three questions for you. We have three sentence completions. 
And then we've been taking a look at your social media. We have three photos pulled up, but we're going to have you choose one photo. And we want you to provide some context about the photo that we wouldn't know just by looking at it. So we're going to start off with the three questions. So the first question, we're going to ease into this fee. So the first question is, what's the best piece of wisdom or advice you've ever received? Oh, you know what I love is don't get bitter, get better. And I love that because the way I'm, you know, people are going to sometimes, people are going to often do you wrong. People are going to often diminish your potential. People are going to often devalue you. And honestly, instead of getting mad about it, instead of trying to seek revenge, let me tell you something. I literally take that energy and use it as fuel to go out and either prove them wrong or be the best version of myself, baby, because you're going to have to you have to watch me be great. You're going to have to watch me fly right over that head of yours. Period. Period. Okay. All right, Miss Sophista Ratchet. I have four words for you. Twerk or two-step? What if it's two-stepping? No. That's right. <laughs> she said, we twerking over here. What? <laughs> she said, that's not even an option. What? Oh, no. Oh. We never had that response. I love that. I love it. You're going to have mega knees at 80. So listen, got to keep the twerking in rotation. Okay. Listen. Yes. yes. <laughs> Love to hear it. Come on. Okay. So our next question for you, our last question for this segment is, what's the sexiest item you own? And I am taking notes. I cannot wait to hear what you're going to say for this one. What is the sexiest item you own? Okay, you know what's funny? Like, you know, I could be the, you know, diplomatic cliche, like my skin, my confidence, which is great. But y'all, my wig collection is pretty lit. My wig collection is pretty lit. And I have one particular wig. Okay, so y'all want a story? Yes. Yes, we do. We love story time. So I have one wig that is like one of my favorites. She does not come out often, but her name is Mercedes. Oh. And she is a she is a sexy curly blonde. And you know, in fact, keep up keep up with me if you're watching and listening. In fact, she is the biological mom of TJ. <laughs> so TJ has Mercedes hair. Oh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to get you. I just got it. Okay, my bad. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I, I got I called that. So, so, no, on the on the day that on the day that TJ was essentially conceived, T, yes, uh, yes. Tay and I had date night. And that was the date night that Mercedes came out. And, you know, she she had her way. She had her way. And yes. she she left Tay and I to, to be single parents. So, you know, we're just doing the best we can. You know, and and maybe maybe Mercedes may make another appearance. You know, and so we never know. She may. So we see that currently. If we see Mercedes on the Instagram, we already know. Yeah, we already know, know what time know. it is. Mm-hmm. We already know. Already so know. Just you, yes. you. You just count the nine months up. You just count yes, the yes, nine yes. months up. Like, <laughs> all right. 
This is when the next one. Okay, cool. We okay. got it. Okay. I love that. It. Yes. Got story time. Come on. Okay. Okay. So we're going to move on to sentence completion. So our first sentence completion is one question or topic I wish people asked me about more often is. Yeah, a couple of things, but you know what? The main thing that I wished, honestly, that more Black women asked me is just about guidance on elevation, promotion, and increased compensation in the workplace. Like, I have that down packed, and I have seen, especially so many Black women, kind of like devalue themselves because of imposter syndrome in the workplace. And just being like too afraid to want to ask for the elevation or the promotion or um, increased compensation. And I'm like, no, let's do it. Let me give you guidance on how to do it. Like we can definitely do it and we don't have to be aggressive about it or compromise ourselves. Like there is a way to get there. And I wish I could help more women for sure. You are not going to believe this. Okay, so get ready. Our next sentence completion. (laughs) Our next sentence completion is my go-to best practice on compensation and elevation in the workplace is... It's not. We just made it. I know that. Get apart. (laughs) Let me say prove. But what, what would that best practice be? Like, what would you share if you had to share like a sentence or two about compensation and elevation? Yeah, so so two things. I, I will tell people first, I'm like, make sure you're in positions to actually deserve that, right? Make sure yes. you're putting the word because, you know, a, a lot of people actually think that just because I've served a certain amount of years or just because I've accomplished kind of like everything on my responsibilities, like I just deserve it. And it's, it's this entitlement. And I'm like, that's not really how it works. Like, let's make sure to position yourselves to where you are an opportunity and right? So first and foremost, but no, I, I literally tell people like, I don't even know if you all have read this book, but go for no. Like, that's a real thing. I tell people like, go for no. Like, what's the worst that can happen if you just ask? A lot of people are just scared, so they never say anything and they never ask. But if you can position yourself to just ask, like, there can be times I have been offered promotion or a compensation increase. And literally, I got to the point where I used to just counter just because like it didn't matter I was like I'm like this is great I feel like you know I would actually like this because this this and this and this and either they will say yes or they will say no and more times they would say yes and I, I was like would have been sitting here not seeing up and just fucking okay. this little old sack. But literally, the worst that has happened is somebody said no before. And guess what? I kept my job. I got my promotion. And we all still were happy-go-lucky the next day. Like, right. it really did not hurt. It was, it was, I did not die. I did not lose my job. So I tell people to go for no. Like, what's the worst that can happen when you really think about it? Like, you're not going to get fired because you asked for a counter or you asked for a promotion. Like, what's the worst that can happen? They say no. And if you feel like you really deserve more, Oh, if you know your value is that great, somebody else will need and want you. Period. That's relationships. Yes. Too. Okay. Yes. Come on, preach. Yes. I wrote that book down too. I'm going to get that yes. book. I love that. Um, yes. Yeah. So, our final sentence completion 
What I love most about myself is. Oh my gosh, it's lit. Being a black woman. Oh, it's lit over here. Yes, it is. Yes. I feel like we are just the most beautiful, unique, hard work. I mean, like, it's just endless what I can say. I, I just wouldn't trade it for the world. Oh my gosh, it's so amazing. I, I just love it. Okay, period. Good answer. It's just seasoned and moisturized over here. Like, come on. Oh, yes. That was a good answer, Fee. We love it. So we have the photos pulled up. Nafi, you made this so hard because you are fly as hell. These photos are, I'm just like, I'm trying to be like you when I grow up. Okay, so we got these photos pulled up. But what we want you to do is choose a number out of one and three. And once you choose that number, I'll put the photo on the big screen. And then we want you to share some context about the photo that we would not know by looking at it. So Fee, which one of these photos are you going to choose? What number? Okay, let's go with Uno. Ooh, often get one this photo okay get ready I'm so glad you chose this okay so the photo's coming up on the big screen y'all have to tune in on patreon if you want to see the photo so go to herspacepodcast.com sophie can you describe the photo for people who cannot oh. see the photo okay oh. yes she mm, okay so <laughs> okay so describe the photo okay so i actually have a you know sexy black dress on it has like some mesh happening i actually have one not even named this wig yet but <laughs> but she's like a ombre like what what kind of blonde would you ash blonde i would say yes and but context of the photo this is actually we were in Atlanta, as a matter of fact, and Tay and I had date night, and we were going to the opening of one of our favorite vegan restaurants, Planta, and we just had a ball. We just had a ball. We got dressed, you know, like we. I, I spent hours doing my makeup, and I was just like, I just feel sexy, and I just want to go out. And, you know, luckily, I didn't get knocked up again, but... It, it, but anyway, love but, it. But Tay and I had a ball, so we both got dressed up, got real cute. TJ signed off on this; he allowed it, and yes, it was it was a nice it was a nice night out for the parents in Atlanta. This is just beautiful. It's giving snatched. I'm like, you better go ahead. Okay, so y'all have to go to Patreon again to see that image. But Fee, thank you so much for playing along with us for the OU Fletcher yes. segment. This is so fun, and we're gonna transition love into that. some other questions. <laughs> You like it. So I want to say, Fee, you and Tay, your love story is wild. Like I watched your YouTube video and after watching it, it is so divinely, and I got goosebumps right now. It is so divinely orchestrated. Yeah. Like it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. From the beginning of time, like y'all were meant to be together. It's just, y'all have to go to yeah. YouTube and check out their love story. So we want to know, could you discuss the early stages of your connection with your husband, Tay, and how it evolved from friendship? to a successful power couple dynamic? Oh my gosh, yeah. So, you know, when we kind of say we met at 15 and 16, I'm a cougar, by the way, okay? Like, I'm the one that's one year older. No. But, you know, when, when we tell people we met at 15, 16, they assume that we, like, dated and we're, like, long-lost lovers from, like, high school or something and we reunited and 
So no, we actually just simply worked together during our high school years. We we didn't go to school together, but we did work together at a it looked like a TJ Maxx equivalent. And basically him and his best friend and I were like super close. Um, they were kind of like my babies because both of them were younger than us. As a matter of fact, I, I don't even think his best friend was legally able to work, but he was working. He was getting a check. <clears throat> okay, they weren't, they weren't checking stuff back then. So nonetheless, we were just really, really good friends. And, and that was kind of it. As far as I was concerned, there was never like any love interest or anything like that. I, I never even went there. Now, I think Tay, in the back of his head, was plotting. He was like, oh, I'm going to get her one day. But I did not know of this until we officially got together, which is funny. So <clears throat> honestly, our, our first encounters was strictly friendship, like really good friendship. And we just kind of kept up with each other over the years, meaning that, you know, we would just check in, you know, hey, how you doing? How are things going? I see you doing great things. Keep it up. But that was it. So really, when we kind of reconnected years later, you know, of course, as Harry's point, please go indulge in our actual story because it is crazy how it unfolds and kind of the connections that happen that we didn't even know about but nonetheless when we when we kind of like touched base on a, a deeper level years later it was more or less he kind of reached out to me for some advice on some stuff and we were talking at that time I had kind of like established my business I was in a really, really good place. You know, I was debt-free in my life. I was at the top of my career, established my business. And I was looking to create another stream of income. And I saw that he had just started his Secure the Back program. And, you know, he was telling me about it. And I was like, yeah, I, I want to dive deeper. Because at that time, I actually was really good with managing my retirement portfolio. I had always been on top of that. Like, my mom was on point with making sure we were kind of financially savvy. And she got me into like retirement accounts and learning how to manage those, which a lot of people kind of weren't into yet because they're like, even in retirement age. And I'm like, no, let me get on it. So I kind of was familiar already with how stocks worked and, you know, how different funds work. And so by the time I got with Tay, I just wanted him to really like push me into having more empowerment to manage stuff a little bit more on my own. And so Honestly, that's that's kind of how it started. Got into the program. He kind of found out what I do professionally. And he's like, hey, I'm like more of a content creator. He's like, I don't really do like a ton with like full business operations, especially as I'm growing. He's like, I would love for you to come in and help me with that. So that's where the partnership began. And that's that's when he started sliding in the back then, you know. Come on. You back to be my girl. Stop playing. I love that. And I do hope that our listeners do go and check out the YouTube story to get all the other details. And so when you think about you and Tay, like coming together and building this empire, I know that we have ladies who are listening that are like, Ooh, can this happen for me? How can I make this work? 
So what are some of the essential factors that women should consider before entering in a relationship, whether it's romantic, business, or both? Mm. Mm. So I I think of a few things. I think of a few things. And the, the top things that come to my mind are <clears throat> intentionality, communication, and hold on to your wigs, submission. <laughs> and, and honestly, I'm going to explain submission because I know before y'all log off, I, I'm going to explain this. Before y'all log off, don't push that button. Don't, don't do it. I'm going to explain what I mean by this because I do want to break this down because I feel like this term gets lost or or misconstrued a, a lot of times and I want to break this down. So of course first to I want to make sure that whoever I'm I'm entering a relationship with especially to build something bigger like I literally when I when I got into my relationship with Tay I was in a place in my life where I was very serious about who I dated and very intentional about who I dated and why I was dating them. Like I really was looking to build with somebody. And so it had to be right. Like I couldn't be, you know, playing around. I couldn't be just lightly and casually dating. I was just like, I'd rather stay single until I feel like somebody is really here and intentionally wanted to run with a partner. And he he made that very clear. He he was very intentional with what he wanted, what his goals were, what he wanted with somebody else, what that looked like for him. And also, we had no problem very clearly communicating exactly what we wanted. And I felt like, you know what? At this age, we too damn grown to not be saying what we want, okay? I'm not about to skirt around it. I'm not about to skirt under it. Like, none of that. Like, you say what you want. I say what I want. And that kind of leads into the submission piece, right? And so, so let's talk about that because I know a lot of people say, you know, or they use the, the, use the phrase like, oh, you're a submissive woman. And submission to me is not like a, it's, it's not something that I am or something that people are. Like, that's not how I look at it. Submission to me is, is an actual action. And so, what what I tell people, you know, this is how you need to think of it to make it more digestible. With Tay and I being very intentional about what we wanted and who we were and communicating that very well, we basically laid out on the table exactly what a relationship would look like, what building an empire would look like, what you know, our future would look like together and what our expectations were for each other and our partner. Even when it came to children, like what do we expect these roles to look like? What do we expect the support to look like? What do we expect the values to look like? And when we set all that to the in, on the table, submission was essentially us saying, are we agreeable to these things, right? And if we are, that's what we will submit to and hold ourselves accountable to in this relationship. So it's two-sided. And it wasn't something that's like, well, you submit to me. No, it's like we submit to these things to keep each other accountable for the growth of this relationship in this empire. 
That is submission. You submit to the agreement and expectations to each other to make sure you are on point and moving forward. And guess what? The beauty about submission to agreements and contracts and whatever else is they can always be amended. You can always compromise and whatever else. So if you need to sit down, if y'all are in a phase in your life where things are different, i.e. becoming parents, i.e. me being a mom and stuff looking real different, we need to negotiate this contract, okay? Because sex looks a little bit different now, right? The time that I may be able to invest in the business looks a little bit different. Like, we got to negotiate this contract and then we need to resubmit to what the new expectations look like. And so honestly, when we were able to agree on that and when it looked very good to both of us, that's when I was able to move forward and say, let's run and do this. If honestly, our expectations did not align, we were not on the same page, again, financially, spiritually, mentally, intellectually, it wasn't going to work. And we could both walk away and not have wasted each other's time. Oh my gosh. I love this answer. I thank you, Fee, for providing our listeners with one, probably one of the best explanations around submission, around yes. partnership. Lady, as you are listening, I want you to press pause and go back and rewind and listen to Fee's answer one more time to really make sure that you got that. Because there were so many important points in your answer. Thank you, Fee. Yes. Okay, Fee, now full transparency. Okay, Dom and I and Lady, we're letting you behind the scenes right now, okay? We have, we've had four podcast interviews this week. We have two today in addition to you and we have another interview coming up and we feel like this conversation is just getting started. So we may have to pitch you again to have you back on the podcast to dive into more topics if you're Are down you? for that. Okay, yeah. good. Like, but one of the things yes. I want to talk to you about is I want to get your insight on, maybe this could be another topic, we'll see, but I want to get your insight on pretty privilege. And I want to give you some context behind this question. So growing up, you know, being abused, struggling with low self-esteem and depression and being bullied and things like that really impacted my self-image and the way that I saw myself. And so now at this stage and age and big age in life, I'm embracing my sexuality and sensuality and confidence more openly, right? And so despite it yep. being a positive experience, I think that what really holds me back sometimes is being overly concerned with the opinions of other people, right? So like before I post this picture, oh my gosh, what is someone going to say? Because it's sexy and it's new for me, but like, what are people going to say? So I'm thinking about situations when, you know, I've gone to settings and I feel good, I look good, and I sense, I hate to use the J word, but I sense like some jealousy, maybe some envy and hating from other women. And you know yeah. how it is where you can't, you can't like, yeah. you can't see it. And like put it in a, you know, and package it, but you know what you feel. And so I want to know, how do you deal with haters? How do you, like, what, what's the mental process that you have before posting a sexy picture? Like, give us some insight into that whole journey for you as a beautiful woman who looks like yeah. a supermodel. Oh, girl. No, come thank, on. Thank, You're welcome. Thank you for that. And I feel like that's probably something all of us on here have struggled with because clearly you all are gorgeous, gorgeous um, women. But I, I will say that sometimes I still struggle with that. And and honestly, I think what's disappointing is even at this level, 
I mean, even recently, I have had situations happen with even people who I recognize or kind of thought were like leaders in our space that have just been like inappropriate, have kind of been shady towards me or have done inappropriate things even towards like my husband knowing I've been in the picture and that's what kind of throws me off. I'm like, buddy, what are you? Okay, I was with her. Right. So honestly, I think that kind of brings me back to the space where I'm having to redeal with it because it's when people shock me. It's you. Like, why would you do that? Right. And, and you know, I, I get to the point where I, I kind of felt like at a certain point, I was almost people pleasing. I felt like I was doing things to kind of debunks like the perceptions that they had and kind of not make them feel so threatened. Mm-hmm. But Girl. at the same time, I started to feel like, why is that my job? Why is that my job for me to like be naturally and authentically me, but to also feel like I have to hold back to spare your feelings because at the end of the day, like I had to realize that none of this has to do with me. This is a character flaw on their end. This is insecurities on their end that I cannot repair. I have no power to repair that. And honestly, when I can really like tell myself that, then I have to separate myself as far as like what I can only control what I control, right? This is controlling the controllables. Yes. I can't control their insecurities. I can't Mm -hmm. control maybe their childhood trauma. I can't control like the relationships they've been through where somebody has devalued them. I cannot control like the actions they did where karma is coming back around and maybe I'm doing great things because I was a genuine person. Like I literally cannot control stuff on their end. So when I got to that point, I literally was like, all I can do is be a great and genuine person and that energy will come back to me. And then also, let me give y'all one tip. Listeners, this is what I also start doing, okay? So, you know, for any of your, like, your, your bank account apps, your, your cash apps, whatever, I start putting on my notifications. And this is, this is a tip, like, get this. Let me tell you something. Every time somebody hated on me or said something about me, I would see if a notification would come through. Because, baby, if you love me in my baby, you're not getting my energy. Okay. And the notifications never came through. The notifications yes. never came. Okay. Love it. Put them notifications yes. on. If they not yes. put money in your bank account, they don't, they don't get to live rent free in your head. Like, okay. period. Yes. Period. Period. So beautiful. We, lady, we're going to have another conversation with Fee and we're going to dive into deeper conversations because this is just getting started. This was so good. Fee, thank you for your time. Like, is there anything you want to share before we close out? And of course, we'll have a round two, but anything else that you want to share on this topic or anything that you just want to say before we close out? Oh my gosh, just, you know, I, I love to people, I love to tell people like, go after whatever you want, but in the most genuine way. Like you, you don't have to be aggressive. You don't have to compromise yourself. You don't have to throw other people under the bus. Like genuinely be you and go after 
like whatever you want. And I'm telling you that that energy will come back to you. But, you know, taking accountability and doing the work is going to get you there, period. But nonetheless, like you ladies are amazing. I mean, I can't wait to have another conversation. I hope that I can dive in with you all more, whether it's on the podcast or us just like sitting down, hanging out in like a casual environment, whatever it is. Let's do it. Thank you all so much. I'm I'm grateful and blessed for the opportunity. Thank you, lady. We appreciate you so much. And we are definitely down to have a conversation in person as well. See, let people know where they can find you, any call to actions that you have, website, all that good stuff so they can support. Yeah, of course. My my main thing is really Instagram. So at fit for the good life for being the number four. Y'all can catch me there from there. I have links in my bio. Again, that's where you can watch my story. And, you know, you can come check out our program, of course. Yay. All right, lady, you heard it first here. Thanks for joining us today. Please note that our show may contain conversations about self-help, advice, self-empowerment, and mental health but is by no means meant to be a substitute for an ongoing formal relationship with a trained mental health provider. If you or someone you know is in need of mental health care, please visit the Therapy for Black Girls directory, Psychology Today, or contact your insurance provider. If you liked what you heard and want to keep the conversation going, visit our website at herspacepodcast.com and be sure to click the Patreon tab to get access to video content, bonuses, and our weekly after show. And before we meet again, repeat after me. My thoughts create my reality. Today, I choose thoughts that empower and uplift me.